Mark, the 16th chapter, is where I'm going to be turning to. In Acts chapter 1. So if you want to get your Bibles ready, you can read along with me. Mark, the 16th chapter, the 15th verse, and Acts 1, verse 8. Mark says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the, the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink any uh, poisonous thing, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Acts 1 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that you pray. We pray now that you touch your word, Lord, and that you would make it clear to the hearts of people. Let the Holy Spirit take this word this morning, Lord, and let it be heart to heart, spirit to spirit, and let us grow in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. It says we would receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon us, and we would do these things. It lists the things that we would do, would, would do and I want to ask you a question to think about. I don't want you to answer me. I just want you to think about it. Do you do that? Do you do those things that it says there? Do you do them? Are you his witnesses? What kind of witness are you in the world? Being a witness means living a life that sets an example for others to follow. Living a life that will draw others to the truth of Jesus and will lead them to follow Jesus. Is that the kind of witness that you're having? Is that the kind of witness you are? Are you his witness? And what kind of a witness are you? That's my question this morning. As I prayed about this, I asked the Lord, please, show me, Lord, what it is the word for this day. We're, we're right now in the United States of America seeing all kinds of things. It's very easy to just go on the news, go on Facebook, talk to your friends, read a newspaper, listen to the radio, watch TV, whatever, and you can see there's all kinds of stuff going on in the world, and especially here in the United States. I Googled it. It says in Google that there are 2.8 billion Christians. Can you imagine that? 2.8 billion Christians. I would rather say there are 2.8 billion believers. They say they believe in God. We know that all 2.8 billion of them are not faithful to the gospel. 2.8 billion of them are not living lives that are pleasing to Jesus Christ. All 2.8 billion are not real witnesses for Jesus in the world. 45% of Americans 
say they attend church regularly. And this was before COVID, or right at, right at the beginning of COVID. 45%. That is the first time in the history of the United States that when that question would, was asked, it dropped below 50%. We used to be able to say that uh, when I was a young boy, that 60 to 70% of Americans went to church on Sunday. And now we can say that 45% or less go to church on Sunday. And with COVID, we're online. And there really is no way to make sure that people uh, check in or that, that people go to church. They might say, well, you know, I, I've been tuning into my service online and I hope they are, but maybe they're not. Maybe they just check in for a minute and then go do something else. They're not thinking and considering that being together with believers, even if it's online, even if it's in Zoom, is important. It's important to your spiritual life. It's important to your well-being. It's important to your witness. 45% of Americans have, have, have answered that question that they attend church regularly. Look at all the rest that are not. Six out of ten churches are never going to grow anymore. That's the recent survey. They're, whatever their group is right now, they're going to stay at about that for, for the rest of their history. They're not expecting to grow, and there are no evidence of growing. Churches are closing all over the place. They're not going to, some are not going to open up after pandemic. They're just closing down the building and selling all the stuff. A third of all people that say they believe in God read the Bible. One third. Not two thirds. One third. We used to be a nation of people that believed in God and practiced our faith. Bibles were important. And I'm not saying, you know, that you have to... We I know we're living in a in a modern time, and we're living in a time when we have all this technology, so I'm not saying you have to carry the big Bible around with you. But if it's on your phone, how much more convenient could it be for you to be able to read it? And even those that do say they read, do not read more than 15 minutes. And some only five. Could you imagine how healthy you would be in your physical body if you only ate food five minutes every day? If that's all you ever ate, you didn't eat, you didn't eat three meals a day, you didn't eat any snacks in between, you just ate one meal a day for five minutes. How healthy would you be? And yet we as Christians people who say we believe in God and we're his witnesses and we practice our faith, we think we can get by on either five minutes a day or some people actually have the idea that they can grow in Christ, that they can become all that Jesus wants them to be and never even open their Bible. They don't need to read it anymore. I already know all that. I already, I already, that's old news to me. Can you imagine God's people 
getting to the place where this is no longer important to them. All you need to do is look around. If I was to ask you how many people say they're Christians in America, what would you say? Well, I Googled that too. In 2019, it says that 205 million people in America, that is a big number. 205 million said that they believe in Jesus Christ. 205 million. I can't wrap my head around that many. That's a lot of people. 205 million people? Does it look like it to you when you look around in the United States? Does it look like there are 205 million witnesses of Jesus Christ in the United States? And that their influence is actually having an effect on the United States? If 205 million Christians were living for Christ, we wouldn't have divorce at this high rate. 39% of all marriages will end in divorce in the United States. That's the statistics right now, 39%. Today it is more common in America among the 205 million Christians to live together rather than get married. It's more common. Most Americans, and I was just shocked by this. Remember, only 45% said they go to church. 69% said living together, there's really nothing wrong with that. 69% said there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Even if they never get married, it's okay. And there are approximately 800,000 abortions every year in the United States. 800,000 babies killed in their mother's womb. What's, what's going on with these 205 million people that claim they, they believe in Jesus Christ? What, what's going on with them? I believe the Bible has the answer. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 1, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who lived by the Spirit, but as people who are still living in the world. Mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it indeed. And you're still not ready now. You're not worthy. For since there is jealousy quarreling among you, you are not worthy of God, but you are worldly people. And you act like humans. I, I, I think Paul was uh, trying to get it across to us that you're acting like you never were born again. You're acting like Christ didn't come into your life. And it's true that some people probably have not allowed Jesus to transform them from the world into the kingdom. Oh yeah, they, they said the prayer. They said, you know, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Because they want to go to heaven. They don't want to go to hell. But they haven't made a decision yet to really live for Christ. To be on fire for Jesus. To grow in Christ, as I said the other night in Wednesday Bible study. 
You know, if you miss the word on Wednesday, the Lord gives me something to say even on Wednesday. And, you, and if you don't join me, somebody said, well, I'm busy on Wednesday. Listen, it's posted. You have seven days to watch it. You can make it part of your devotion. You can make it part of your Bible study. We just completed Alpha. We went through the entire course with Nikki Gumbel. And I can promise you, if you go through something like that, you, your life will change and you will be transformed. But it will not happen if you will not make yourself available. It will not happen if you do not tune in. The answer to this problem of 205 million so-called believers in America that are not witnessing for Christ the way they should, that are not having an effect on our society, the answer to that is found in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 5. It says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on flesh, on fleshly desires. But those who live accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on Spirit's desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Let me tell you something. If you're being led in your daily life by the works of the flesh, by the desires of the flesh, Paul just said right here, I read it to you, that that life will lead you to death. That means unproductivity. That means that you, you will not be able to live the kind of witnessing life that God intends for you. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So if you let God lead you, and you let the Spirit lead you, then you'll get life and peace. Now look at what verse 7 says. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Isn't that, that that's strong words right there. Hostile to God? You know, I was listening this morning to another sermon before I came uh, to church. And this man said, a lot of people don't want to deal with the hard scriptures. They, they have a hard time dealing with it. But Jesus did say this, either you're for me or you're against me. You either are for me or against me. You're either working with me or you're working against me. You're either on board or you're not on board. And it's true about some of these 205 million Christians in America. It says the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not it submit itself to God's law and it cannot do it. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Listen, people say to me all the time, well, Brother Steer, the Bible don't say that's a sin. The Bible don't say that this is a sin or that's a sin. If you're doing that to minister to the flesh, that's a sin. If you're focusing on the flesh over the Spirit of God, over asking the Lord, is he pleased with you? If you're not taking daily account of your life and asking the Holy Spirit to govern you, to lead you, to guide you, that's a sin right there. 
Doesn't matter what else you're doing. If you're not doing that, that's it. Verse 9. It says you, meaning those 205 million, you and me, all of us who claim that we're Christians, all of us who say we believe in Jesus, you are not supposed to be in the realm of the flesh, but are supposed to be in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God leads in, lives in you, if, if the Spirit of God lives in us, it should make a difference in us and in our witness. If anyone does not have the Spirit of, of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. That, that's true right there. If you, if, you're not, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're lost. You need Jesus. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. And if the spirit of him who raised you from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your bodies. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. I'd like to encourage you to study the word obligation sometime. It means these are the things we are supposed to do. We have a, an obligation, but it is not to the flesh. It is not to live according to that. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. We'll be separated from God. But if we live to the Spirit, we will put to death the misdeeds in our body. That means we will stop the sins. We will stop doing the things that does not please God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of of God. So we have to put those things to death. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, show me what I'm doing that I shouldn't do. Speak to my heart, Lord. And I'll stop that. And I'll, I'll correct my ways. I will walk with you, Lord. I, I want your Spirit directing me and guiding me. I want you to tell me what you want me to do with my life. I want to be a witness. I want to help others find Christ. In order for that to happen, brothers and sisters, you're going to have to take an account of yourself and ask yourself, are you walking according to the Spirit or are you walking according to the flesh? And if you're walking according to the flesh, please repent. Come back home to the family of God. Seek that Spirit of Jesus to come alive in you, to come fully alive in you. And let Jesus lead you in all you do whether it's in word or in deed, it is only then that you can be the full witness to this world that Jesus wants you to be. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we know, Lord Jesus, that without you we can do nothing. And I pray for those men and women that are listening to me today that are struggling between being in the Spirit and being in the flesh. I pray that you will give them the strength, Lord. I pray you give them the wisdom to know the difference, Lord, and to separate themselves, Lord, from the things of the flesh, to put to death those things in the flesh, Lord. Help us as believers, Lord, to overcome the things that interfere and cripple our witness. 
and help us, Lord Jesus, walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, Lord, and not fulfill, Lord, the leadings of the flesh, but to put those things to death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, I want to thank you all for joining us this morning, and I pray that the words of this message will take root in your heart and will grow to full maturity in Jesus and that you'll live the kind of witness that Jesus needs in this world today. We need, the church needs, the Christian church needs this kind of influence in the world today. I pray God will help you to be that. God bless you. Go in peace and remember who you are and who you represent. God bless you.